Welcome to Glory in the Ordinary, a podcast designed to encourage Christian women to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which they have been called, challenging them to pursue holiness and to seek to glorify God in all of the ordinary moments of their lives. Hello there and welcome to episode three of the Glory in the Ordinary podcast. My name is Brittany and I will be your host. So it is very funny that I am recording this podcast right now because I already recorded this podcast, at least about 90% of it. And I just figured out that I had my um, earbud, my wireless earbud, bud, uh, my wireless earbud was connected to my phone somewhere, not in its case. And it picked up bits and pieces of my voice. And it was not actually connected to my phone. So, all of that being said, I had to delete all of it out. And here, here is why this is funny. So, the title of this episode is Stop Waiting for Things to be Perfect. Um, so, I have to believe that God had a reason for this to happen this way. And there is a lesson to be learned here. One, always check your audio before you start recording. Two, I'm sure there's a deeper meaning here, but I just recorded an entire podcast episode and it's 6.30 in the morning and I have not finished my coffee. So I'm not really ready to um, analyze that. So here we go. Where I was wanting to go with this podcast um, was, it is funny it's funny that that just happened, but when I started, I started blogging, um, I started my, uh, well, I restarted my blog about four weeks ago and I started the podcast shortly after, um, as kind of a secondary component. And ever since then, I feel like it has just been a lot of setbacks. We've had illness and we've had, um, you know, certain, kind of regressions with some of our kids, um, and behavior issues and sleep. And, um, so things have just seemed to, we've been having a lot of roadblocks and it can, it started to make me question, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I trying to take on too much again? Um, is this something that God is trying to tell me that I shouldn't be doing? So, as I have been, you know, I have been actively praying about this blog and podcast since I started it. I have been, you know, I don't ever, I tend to take on more than I can handle. So I have learned as I am starting a new venture to be continually in prayer over it and to seek the Lord always. Um, you know, I'm, I'm praying that he will guide my words, that he will guide the direction that I am taking this blog and podcast that would glorify him. And that ultimately, if it is not within his will that I am to be doing this, that he would make it known and he would just pull it from my hands. So, um, when all of this has been happening, I had to start, I started to wonder if, that was what was happening. If that was God's way of taking it, um, back away. Uh, because I hate, I am kind of a perfectionist. I, I hate doing things halfway. 
And so I tend to want to make it perfect in order to do it at all. So I want to tell you a story, um, a story of a woman who is no longer with us, um, a, a saint who has already gone home and her story has greatly impacted me. So her name was Gladys Aylward. She was a missionary in China in the 30s. She was born in 1902 to a very poor family. So when she was in her mid-20s, so, so, so whenever she was a teenager, she started beginning to feel like God was leading her to the mission field, that she was supposed to be going to China. So she was living in England. So she started going to missionary school. She was told that she would never make it. And she ultimately ended up getting kicked out of that missionary school. So she was still determined, though, that this is where God was leading her. So she went back to being a housekeeper, which is what she did before. And she decided to start saving. She started saving for a train ticket. um, And she was going to go to China anyway. She found um, she had learned about an elderly missionary um, named Mrs. Lawson. I don't remember her first name. Just she calls her Mrs. Lawson. Um, she heard about an elderly missionary that was there that was needing help and she was needing a housekeeper. And she said, this is perfect. That's what I do. So I can help in some capacity. So she started saving and she gets all the money put together. She gets her train ticket to China. So she, on the way there, she gets stranded multiple times. She ends up having to walk to to want to walk backward because the train she didn't understand the language that they were speaking and she they were trying to get her to get off the train because it was wartime they couldn't go to a certain area and she didn't understand what they were saying and so she's like I'm not getting off the train because this isn't where I'm supposed to be yet and so they said okay fine and they left her on the train and so they went into a uh, war zone and they they stopped the train and they wouldn't go and they said it would be you know she only had enough supplies food wise to last her for a few days, uh, the remaining few days for the trip. And they said it would be several weeks until they could go again. And so she ended up having to walk back to the, the previous stop, which was like, I think it was a day's walk and it was snowing. It was, um, and so she ended up almost dying from exposure, but she made it. Um, to where an area where she was ultimately detained and had um, almost all of her belongings stolen. And then she was sent to a very sketchy part of Russia where she was almost kidnapped and sold. And she ends up finding, getting refuge and uh, somebody helps her and she gets on a ship. So she finally gets to China and the missionary she was supposed to meet with wasn't there. She had moved to a different location. So she finally got there and then she had to go to on, on this donkey up this path. And, um, when she gets to the small village that, uh, Mrs. Lawson was living in, everybody there hated her. She was called, um, they called her a white devil. And, all she had, the only person she had there was Mrs. Lawson, and she was 
I'm sorry, she was a cranky old broad. She did not like anybody. And so she was just very, yeah. So they end up working. They decide to turn Mrs. Lawson's home into this inn. And so they take on the mule teams that would come um, through that area. And so they they decide that this is going to be how they're going to reach people because they were going to run the best inn. Um, And I heard a quote that was really great. This is completely off topic was, you know, the um, running a Christian business, it doesn't mean putting, you know, no, it was, I can't remember the quote. I think it was from C.S. Lewis that a Christian, a good Christian shoemaker, it's not that he puts crosses on his shoes. It's that he makes the best shoes. You know, that's the sign of the, anyway, I, I don't have the quote in front of me, so I can't remember it, but it's something along those lines. But that was kind of the way that they were going with this. It was going to be the very best in, um, and it was going to be renowned in the area. So, they take on these mule teams and um, they are sharing the gospel with them and it's going very well. Um, but at some point, Mrs. Lawson ends up, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So they become very respected. Gladys it becomes beloved in the area. She um, ends up reforming a prison there and uh, it's just that's an incredible that part is an incredible story, but I'm not going to get into it. You should really read her story. Um, it, but at some point, Mrs. Lawson ends up dying, and so they don't know how they're going to afford it. Um, the Mandarin comes to her and says, "I want you know." In China, they were trying to they I don't know how much you know about the that time period, but they would bind the feet of little girls because. It was considered beautiful to have tiny feet. And so they were trying, they had outlawed that. And so they were trying to get everybody to stop doing it, but everybody was was still doing it. And so um, she was looked at as a very, Gladys was looked at as a very strong person. And so the, they didn't have any money at this point. You know, they had been living off of the um, money that Mrs. Lawson had and the money had run out. So the Mandarin comes to her and she thinks that they're going to be in all of this trouble. And he ends up asking her to be this foot inspector to make sure that everybody's unbinding the little girl's feet. And so she's relieved at first, but then kind of like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So she she prays about it and she knows that God's leading her to do this. But she tells the Mandarin, which this was a very big risk, because if you were to go against the Mandarin, he, just for being displeased with you, he could he could behead you. And so she goes to him and says, okay, I'll take your job, but the only way I'm taking your job is if you let me tell these people about the true God. And he says, okay. <laughs> so talk about God providing a way. Um, and so she goes and she ends up meeting with all of these people in these different surrounding areas and she shares the gospel. And so many people come to faith through that. Um, and then she goes back and they transform the inn into like this orphanage because she starts taking on one child. She finds one child in the street. She adopts them. She finds another child. She adopts them. She officially adopted five children, but she had a hundred children in her orphanage. And so um, there was... So when Japan invaded and they, they took over that area, they started bombing 
um, the village that Gladys was in. So she helped to evacuate the village. They moved into caves. Her, her hundred children and all the people in the village, they all moved into these caves and she took care of them. She took, she cared for all of, not just the children, but all of the people from the village. And so she tries to go back to see after a few months. So they lived in these caves for a few months. She tries to go back and see if it was safe to go back to their home. Um, and there, the Japanese had already had invaded it. It was, there was no way to go back. So she goes, she retrieves her children and she realizes she has to get everybody to safety. So she takes, but the only way to get there safely is over a mountain, a hundred miles over a mountain. So she takes her 100 children, a hundred miles over a mountain on foot after living in caves for months. So this is a very strong woman. Okay. Um, so she, they finally get to their destination and Gladys collapses. Um, they ended up saying she had supreme exhaustion, typhus, pneumonia, relapsing fever, and malnutrition. And so she is, you know, basically almost dying. They said they had no idea how she didn't die, but she made it. And you know what she did after she recovered? She waited just long enough to get better, and then she got back up and started spreading the gospel some more. And she made this tremendous impact, this tremendous impact in China. And she worked until her very last day to further the kingdom, to share the gospel. Okay, so I know, great story, Brittany, but what does that have to do with me in 2022? So I I wanted to tell her story because I wanted to draw attention to the fact that Gladys was not, um, she wasn't anybody special. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that she didn't have any special talents. Um, She didn't have this big, you know, she didn't, she wasn't, very well educated. Actually at 14, she had to drop out of school and become a maid to help support her family. So she only had the education of up to age 14. Uh, She didn't have any training. She got kicked out of missionary school and told she would never be a missionary. She, she was poor. She didn't have the money to do what she wanted to do, but God called her to it and she trusted God and she loved God and she wanted to obey God. And I have to imagine that she had moments where she doubted, where she had moments where she second guessed, is this really what God is wanting for me to do? Because there's so many setbacks. There's so, it's so hard. So there had to have been moments where she, I mean, she was only human. So she wasn't this superhuman, you know, person. I think that we can sometimes look at missionary stories and think that they, it's kind of how we view the apostles. We think that they are these, these superhumans that they were not just people. And so they never had doubts or fears or, you know, had second guessed themselves. But I think that that's really, it's, 
it's very naive to think that they would never second guess themselves. They were only human. So we don't think about how our decisions, when we hesitate, when we second guess, when we know that God's called us to something, but we find reasons to not do it. We don't think about how that could impact somebody else whether it be somebody that God's wanting us to reach with the gospel or maybe a sister in Christ that needs whatever talent that God's given us. Um, They need to see that or they need to hear something that you have to say. Uh, Or whenever we try to wait for things to be perfect, for the circumstances to be just right or for us to be well studied enough to know enough things to do it perfectly. The thing is, we will always be better tomorrow. We will, we can always, and we can hold out for that. We can wait until tomorrow whenever we're more experienced or we're more prepared or hopefully we're more sanctified. But God calls us to obedience today, not just tomorrow. And a lot of times whenever he has something for us, it's going to feel like, we're not quite ready for it or that things just aren't perfect enough or we're not smart enough or we're not talented enough to do it. But God prepares us as we go. He gives us things to do and then he gives us the ability as we do them. So it reminds me a lot of the parable of the talents that Jesus tells in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. So There's um, a rich master who has these three servants and he gives his, he's going on a long journey and he gives his three servants each a uh, sum of money based on their ability, based on what they can do. Um, And he gives it to them to steward while he's gone. And so when he comes back to have um, invested it wisely and turned a profit in accordance with what he has given them. But the last one who was given the smallest amount of money has had buried it and he, he brings it out and he says, you know, that he was fearful, that he, he knew that his master was a hard man. He knew that he uh, reaped where he did not sow. And so he said, I, I buried it, which was a common way in that time to save your money. Um, he, and he brought it back out and he said, you know, here's your money. So I remember talking to somebody um, a while back about this parable and they didn't really understand why this was such a bad thing because it seemed prudent. It seemed like, okay, well, he was just scared. He, he didn't want to lose his master's money. And I can, I can see how that would be in our mind, a, a reasonable thing to do, or especially somebody who is very, you know, timid, um, not maybe not necessarily timid, but they don't want to risk anything at all. Um, but you have to understand this time. You have to understand how things worked in that time era. Um, I'm going to throw out a recommendation for you. Um, if you need something, a, a study resource that is really good at contextualizing what is going on in the time period, um, the IVP Bible Background Commentary 
Um, I currently have the New Testament. My associate pastor had recommended the Old Testament, and I have yet to get it, but I'm getting it. And it is awesome for giving you um, context on what you're reading. So in that time, um, there were... This was very common for a a master to do. If he's going away, he will entrust, um, not necessarily even going away, he will entrust some of his servants who are showing that they are capable to invest his money um, in certain areas and um, to bring back, you know, just like we would do with with our, with investors. Uh, Doubling on the investment was pretty normal. Um, but there were ways that you could invest it without any risk, investing the money without any risk and still turning a small profit, which is what the master, um, kind of implies later in the, um, parable. So the, the servant could have invested in a way that wouldn't have risked anything, but he didn't even do that. He went and hid it. And so it showed not only a disdain for the money that was given to him, but also toward his master. And so our gifts are, are like that. God, our gifts are not ours. They are given to us by God. They are a gift from God. So we will answer to God on how we sow, how we use our giftings that he has given us. Um, and if, if we've used them in a way that glorifies him, whether we're being diligent or we're hoarding them to ourselves, you know, how are, how are you using your gifts? Are you sharing them? Are you being diligent and making sure that you are using them to the glory of God? Or are you just hoarding them for yourself? Um, using them in a way that only benefits you and doesn't actually benefit anybody else or doesn't benefit anybody at all, not even yourself, um, because you're, you're scared that you're not going to do it well. Um, and we have to be careful because sometimes what we say is fear is actually laziness and we just don't want to cultivate our giftings because it takes work. You know, someone who's naturally gifted to be a teacher and a speaker, they don't automatically have all the knowledge. They have to work to get it. Um, somebody who is, you know, gifted in speech and in, in sharing the gospel, evangelizing, they don't automatically know how to do that. It takes work and it takes going out and doing it. Um, I have a sweet friend who has evangelized many times and uh, she has told me how whenever you go out there and you start it's when you start doing it that you feel terrified you just have but you just have to do it and you always think that you're doing it wrong but God God blesses it and he uses your words even though they may be imperfect so I am not saying that you should just hop on every bandwagon though I'm not saying that you know you hear me starting a podcast and you're like oh well I need to start a podcast too you know, no, seek, make sure you're seeking wise counsel. Listen to other people who God has placed in your life to give you advice and, um, 
don't, you know, we can sometimes idealize the gifts of others and see like this is their gifting and they're really good at it and I want to do that same thing. So I'm going to, um, I'm just going to copy whatever they're doing. Don't do that. You know, pray about what God has gifted you with. Ask others what they see in you. Uh, wait, or, or if somebody has, maybe somebody's already told you, you are gifted in this area and you're just not being obedient to what God is showing you that you should be doing. Um, but there's also an element of that we are scared to step out. So sometimes it's that we are trying to, you know, we don't want to copy other people, but sometimes it's just that God has called us to it. We're just too scared to step out in faith. Um, and so we end up missing out on what God has called us to. And that's how I have viewed this blog and podcast is that I, I felt like God was leading me to this, but I kept on letting that fear creep in on what if I fail? What if, you know, who am I to be counseling people? I am, I am not so, you know, I am not a theologian. I am, you know, I've only been in the faith for five years. There's people who are so much better studied than I am, um, you know, with mothering, I still have kids that are in diapers. You know, I have a 13 year old, but I don't have like grown children, but that God has a purpose for you and for the convictions he's laid on your heart. So, um, I want to close with scripture. So one of my, one of some verses that I really love, uh, are James one, five through eight. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will ever receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we have to remember that the asking is in faith. We have to ask without doubting. We have to trust that God's going to give us the answer. Um, and not just that he might, but that he will provide that answer. He gives wisdom as we seek him. But we have to seek him and we have to seek him trusting that he's going to give the wisdom. Okay, I have kids stirring, so I'm going to have to close this out pretty quick. Um, I have one more, um, well, passage that I want to leave you with. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 is similar. Um, So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So we have to trust in the Lord. We have to allow him and his words to inform our choices. We need to be being transformed. I love, I I heard somebody talk about that verse on, on being transformed, the transforming of your mind, that the verb in that is be being transformed. It's not be transformed, it's be being transformed. So it's the Holy Spirit is transforming you. And it's a beautiful picture of you have to seek God and he will transform you. So you have to seek the Lord and the Holy Spirit will transform you internally. Um, And set your mind on the word. We forget that the brain is a muscle, ladies. We can set our mind on things. You can 
decide that you are going to ignore the bad thoughts and set your mind on God's word, on, on what he says is true and hold it there. Don't let it stray. Don't let it go back to what you were thinking. Don't let it go forward to anything else. Hold it on God's word and allow it to transform your mind. I don't know if you hear my children calling me in the background. So I am going to close this out right now because I am I am over my time that I'm supposed to allow for recording. Uh, but like I said, I recorded for like 20 minutes and it didn't save or it was the audio was absolutely terrible. So I'm going to close with this. Trust in the Lord. Trust him. Trust him to inform your choices and seek him continually. Um, I am praying for you, ladies. I am hoping that y'all have a really fantastic week. Go follow me over on Instagram. My handle is at Mrs. Britt Campbell. Campbell like the soup. So I hope that you'll have a fantastic week and I will talk to y'all next time.